Hey, do you guys think Kayla Kennedy is as awesome as we think she is? Well, if you do, head on over to Instagram and give her a follow at the underscore Kennedy Luck, where she posts snippets of her poetry as well as, uh, you know, some photography. Um, yeah. And there's a picture of her dog on here. And, uh, you know, her dog's awesome. So, I mean, if not for Kayla, then for Copper, you know, hit that follow button. I'm just saying. Hey, guys. Um, if you want to skip the off topic this week, you should be able to jump ahead. I don't know, about 47 minutes in and we should be talking about the, uh, the topic then. So up to you, but if you miss out on this off topic, it's, uh, you're going to be surprised that there's like another person. You're not going to know, you know, about them coming back and stuff. So like, you know, you listen to the off topic if you want to know that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very 116th episode of WT Fada. I am your host, Burley, and I am joined here, as always, by Mr. Lanky. Mr. Lanky, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, I just finished moving. Uh, I'm hurting, but I'm happy to be, like, settled and have all my comics and stuff in front of me and be able to just, like, sit and look at them again and not be surrounded by, like, boxes and shit. So I'm good. I'm, like, tired, but I'm good, you know? Yeah. yeah. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. But more importantly, we need to ask, um, how is Miss Kayla... Kennedy doing tonight? How is she? Crashes. Hey! Turning to the stage for one night only, or multiple nights only. <laughs> one or twelve, or one, two, an undetermined amount of numbers. <laughs> you took the uh, like the Christopher Walken cadence class, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> I felt like <laughs> that type of like slight slight delay. I enjoyed that. Kayla, how you doing? Uh better. Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, did you cut your hair? Yes. Thank you for noticing. Not you. Oh, you I I'm sorry. You cut your hair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're just Bro. not gonna answer me. <laughs> oh no, I I did. Sorry, I I, I said no first, and then oh. I said. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, I, did. I, I didn't. I didn't cut it. My sister cut it. But yes, thank you for noticing. Well, to 
typically typically when people ask it is actually weird when you think you're like oh did you cut your hair like nine times out of ten the person did not all right i'd go so far as to say like 9.5 times out of 10 the person did not cut their own hair yeah (laughs) (laughs) with the i'm the i'm the one out of (laughs) ten nobody wants to get that close to me um just as just as a heads up i did order food and I'm starving, so I assume that's going to be here any minute. So <laughs> I might have to go, you know, handle that, get the that's door. Okay. Copper's going to go wild. You know something? While you do that, we'll talk about spoilery things that you may not want to hear about. So if we, if you come back onto the camera, like if oh, you have, mute us, you haven't seen. Uh, no, so, so Um, this is something like some of the upcoming things. So like, if you come back on camera, when you see me go like this, it means that we're done talking about spoilery things. Okay. So I'll mute mute you when I leave. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a good, that's a good move. Um, so what did you do the other day? You went to a a museum or something? What was that? I Yeah. I went to the Van Gogh immersive experience. That's Uh, pretty cool. Currently, our version is currently at the Strand Theater in Boston. Um, it was dope. Yeah. Yeah. No other word for it. Just dope. All right. Bra. <laughs> it was dope, brah. Um, <laughs> I was in Boston. Was really cool. I I wanted to eat what? I was in Boston yesterday. I saw Thundercat. Uh, you Wait. Just one day sooner, Alves. Dang. You saw a what? What did you see? Thundercat? It's uh, a bass player, like musician, oh. guy. He's oh. awesome. Awesome, awesome. I thought, awesome. I thought you meant Boston? like a Thundercat. Because I was actually in Dorchester. Dorchester. Hey. Where, where were you? Uh, I was in... I was near Fenway. I don't know where that is. In Boston proper. Yeah. Near Fenway Stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know awesome. the area well. So I went to Simmons. It was Simmons College when I went. It's now Simmons University. Don't really know how that matters or what the difference is. Uh, on paper. Yeah, I think it's by how much money they make or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I know I used to hang in that area. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It was awesome i so when i first found out about it i wanted to get tickets like immediately and then so i was asking like my girls i was like hey like i want to get these tickets do you guys want to go with me and they were like yeah but like trying to find like a date or whatever being like okay when can we go when can we go whatever they were kind of dragging their feet and then like two days later like the next three months were sold out it was they sold out so fast it was wild. So I, I bought these tickets like at the beginning of the year. And, uh, and I was like, at the time I didn't even, I didn't have my current job. Like that's how long ago it was. So I was like, oh yeah, I make my own schedule. Like a Monday will be no problem. Um, and then I had asked the girls, like, I know you guys work on Mondays, but like, would you want to play hooky? Like it's super long in advance. And they were like, yeah, sure. Um, and then we scheduled that Disney trip and I thought I was going to miss it because it, the date we would have left to Disney would have been the day that we had the tickets. So I was all bobbed about that. But then when we decided we weren't going to Disney, then I was like, I can go to Van Gogh. <laughs> Let's 
<laughs> probably probably a superior experience, I'd say. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, the three of us, uh, me, my maid of honor, my best friend Meg, producer of the show, uh, yes. producer of our other show, yep. uh, producer of all WT Fada content. Yeah, yep. the producer. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've covered. It's a long running joke. But yeah, we all played hooky from work. I mean, I don't know. It's really playing hooky if you took it off in advance, like. I took it off for a vacation day weeks ago. It's like uh, the adult version of playing hooky. Where you're yeah, I feel like true playing hooky is like calling out sick when you're not sick. Like, I feel like, like that. Yeah. Hooky. And preferably like a half hour into your shift. <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm sorry that I didn't get there a half hour ago, but I'm real sick. Yeah. Um, yeah so I put in for it a couple of weeks ago and I uh, had to move all my appointments, whatever. Um, and yeah, it was just nice. And like going to bed Sunday, knowing that I didn't have to wake up at any given time on Monday to like get to work and not have to worry about it. And like in the past, if I had taken a day like that off, I would have had my phone with me connected to my email to try and like help put out fires and like mm-hmm. be still connected to work somehow. But nope, we just I'll put it away. My, my friend Kate had a really hard time doing that. Like she felt super guilty for not being in. She's a teacher for an emotional needs classroom. So like she felt super guilty, but I was like, girl, you haven't taken a vacation day in like a year. Like it is okay. He allowed and, you know, not even looked frowned upon to take a vacation day in the middle of a global pandemic as a teacher is fully fucking acceptable. I feel like she was neglecting them. <laughs> That's just my opinion, though. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert. Yeah. Uh. So, so uh, you know, three people who struggle to, to shut off their brains and enjoy the moment and not be tied to, you know, what they do for a living. The three of us, like, played hooky, put our phones. I mean, we had our phones out to, like, take pictures and stuff, but, like, I didn't answer any text messages or emails or phone calls or like I just unplugged, immersed in the immersive experience. That's um, what you want. Like that's what you absolutely need. I, I'm in a fortunate position of having a job where like you don't really get asked too much outside of it. But even the small amount that I do get asked to partake in outside of the hours that I'm there I'm like I don't think so like I I have I've had people be like can you just like return my text when uh when I send it to you so I know that you got it and I'm like I'm off the clock like (laughs) I really like if it says like if it says red underneath of it I got it you know what I mean that's it you know (laughs) the most you're getting yeah so there was a moment so we all know that I'm, I'm really good at compartmentalizing and I don't necessarily have a appropriate emotional reactions when there should be emotional reactions, you know? Uh, but I did find myself like just the, the interplay of the art and the music, like they had music coming over the speakers in each room to match, you know, what was going on. And I mean, they had like all these signs describing his life and how it pertained to the art that we were seeing in the room and all that stuff. And I got to tell you, man, like, I think it was the, the third room that we were in, 
with the music overlaid like really got me like there's a moment where it's just like verge of tears just it was beautiful um it's sad and uh so you go you walk in and the first room it has some it's like this really it's this really cool interplay of lights and music and art because like obviously it's not van gogh's actual work (laughs) right uh you know so they had basically recreations of it on canvas um lit up for you to see but then they also had these things where they had like 3d art and then they have um the overlays of his painting but on top of those 3d structures but with light created by light um so like projections uh it gives us this really cool like moving 3d picture and because a lot of van gogh's work is he he would repaint the same thing over and over again but each one would be slightly different or have different colors or you know whatever so it could interplay with that a lot was amazing and then uh yeah and you kind of just go through almost chronologically kind of his his work and it tells an overall story it was very very well done and then you go into the the immersive room i think and then basically it's uh, it's one big room and they have, uh, it's a light show basically and on all four walls of the room and they had like these rugs with pillows. You could like lay on the ground or sit in a chair or do whatever. And it goes through, it shows like 200 different paintings across it in this moving light show. Uh, it was very tranquil. Um, overlaid with some of his, with some voiceover, with some of his more famous quotes from like letters that he had written. And like, I definitely, 10 out of 10 sunflowers recommend. Was his ear there? No. (laughs) Did they, did they put all the speakers for the music on one side of the room? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, they did not. Pass. Oh, and then we also did because we did a VIP. There was like a virtual reality one too. So you go in, you put the virtual reality goggles on, and it's a little virtual reality experience. Um, It was cool, however, having seen, having had experienced virtual reality glasses before. Mm. and seeing like really well done graphics in particular video games yeah. multi-million like, dollar productions yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta say the graphics for the virtual reality were not advanced um, I mean it was still cool you know it was still cool as shit but the gla- the the first off they gave you these Thing, this thing to put over your face so that your skin wasn't in direct contact with the goggles. Don't understand why that mattered when you were handling the goggles with your hands to put them on and off. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but anyway, it's uh, so uncertain that, times. And wearing the mask, like I couldn't breathe. So I had to like eat and pull my mask down so my nose was out because I literally couldn't breathe it was too many things going on in my oh, face now the first two minutes is going to be a little bit underwhelming but after that you'll start to get into a psychedelic trance uh, <laughs> as you approach death but as uh, soon as you see the light you're going to need to try and give us a shake to wake you up and then uh <laughs> yeah the goggles were really heavy we're going to cut your ear off 
they were like front facing heavy and I couldn't maybe because I couldn't quite get them on my head all the way the right way or what but like I had to basically hold them up the whole time because if I let go it was just so heavy on my face that it was giving me an instant headache and then I started getting dizzy and I don't get motion sickness so it wasn't from the virtual reality I was like it's probably because I haven't eaten much and was been emotionally through this thing and now you're playing tricks with my brain and then you have this like super heavy thing on my face so it's like they they're like focused on being like this is the immersive room and it's like there's everything that could possibly take you out of the immersion is happening (laughs) (laughs) it's like amazing essentially essentially. and yeah i heard some guy telling somebody near to me and now i had the glass so i can't you know, once you, no matter how bad the graphics are, like once the, the goggles are on, you're kind of, you know, the room's gone that you're in. Yeah. Like it definitely takes you to a different place. But uh, I heard him telling somebody, do not stand up off the chair <laughs> with the goggles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, repeating that to people. The amount of videos of people like running face first into television sets, walls, <laughs> like in virtual reality headsets. I'm like, don't move your legs. Like, t- what are you? doing why What's that hard uh, i don't get it i'm like <laughs> I, I i've had like uh i had the uh playstation vr and it was like never a situation where i wanted to be like oh i'm gonna like take off running or something you know i think that's the sound of the food <laughs> i think so too um so hey that gives us the, a really good chance here to talk about some things um yeah yeah, so I wanted to talk with you. We'll talk about the one that Kay was more interested in first. Um, <clears throat> did you see, there's this guy, John Campia, that he works for like Collider and he's like a massive, I'm not going to say what, uh, I'm not a fan. Um, okay, but cool. I was like, massive cool guy, massive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like him. But yeah. he posted two photos from spider-man no way home and they are like full-on real deal spoiler territory um and they confirm like he posted them and he was like i honestly didn't know that they were even real and it's like but even if there's a question about whether or not they're real you just don't post it right like you're just trying to get clicks or whatever the fuck right yeah but like five minutes after he posted them somebody from like inside sent him uh, like an email and they were like uh these are probably real you know and he had to take them down and whatever so i don't know this whole spider-man no way home thing has turned into a like continual kind of uh it's just it's so it's so leaky the production and even me not seeking out the leaks i'm getting to a point where it's like i kind of know what's gonna happen and i know like who's in it and i know and it's like i don't know it's not it's not a really good feeling well it's it's a testament to like spider-man's popularity and just like how fucking like rabid people are for this movie Mm -hmm. and the kind of sad thing is like it's more of like a pop culture rabidness instead of like a fans rabidness or something it's just like 
it's everyone from every movie. Like, what? Yeah. You know, and like, who gives a shit? You know, as, yeah. as a Spider-Man fan, like, this is easily the least interesting aspect to, I mean, comic books in general. Like, yeah. parallel realities, time travel, like, this is all, like, the gimmicks that mainstream comics have been, like, stacking their entire, like, you know, business plan on for the last like 30 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not doing themselves or us as readers like any favors by just introducing all of these fucking easy outs, you know, thinking that they're upping the stakes instead of just telling like a decent story. Right. You know? Yeah. But um, I hope Ryan was in it ultimately. That's that's the spoiler I'm waiting for. Otherwise, that's... I'm just not. That's one that I haven't heard yet. I have not heard that. This one was just more confirmation of stuff that we've already, like it's already been so highly hinted at that it's like, yes, we know that it's in it. And like, we don't need to see any more confirmation. And it just keeps happening over and over and over again. There was, what's that? The Was there a goblin leak? Another one or something? Uh, The the goblin thing was official. It was on like the, the poster for... Uh, this movie you actually could see him like real tiny Um, this was like Spider-Man related and also uh, other vigilante related which there's only one other character outside of Spider-Man that no no (laughs) there's been a character that very early on has been kind of rumored and they're like oh they're gonna bring him back they're gonna bring him back um fan favorite character do you want me to spoil it for you Bruce Campbell (laughs) do you want me to spoil it for you yeah I don't care about this movie dude (laughs) (laughs) Daredevil um yeah we knew that yeah I mean it's it's been highly rumored this is the first time we have like a picture of Charlie Cox standing there being like, I'm Daredevil. Um, I think it's him as Matt Murdock, to be clear. I don't know that it's Daredevil, Daredevil, but still. Um, But it's just like, it's like they're not even trying to like cover it up. You know what I mean? They're not even trying to make it like when we all go in to see the movie, we already are going to know kind of what happens. Like, I, I don't really suspect there being many surprises at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, Unless the Rhino shows up. Paul Giamatti. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Case, I will, I will, you know, I'll give him one clap at the end and then walk yeah. out. Yeah. On the flip side of that is the Batman that has essentially the opposite thing going on where nobody knows what the fuck's going on at all with that movie. Um well. Another testament to knowing your rabid fan base and being like, no, dude, we just shut this whole thing down. There's probably all, like, I'm trying to think of like why Colin Farrell had his hair bleached or whatever. And if it was just like these misleading photo campaigns or whatever, just to like divert. I have no idea. People looking to leak that stuff. Cause yeah. I imagine. You know, Disney was has been doing it with like all their big event movies, and, like Infinity War and stuff. It was like totally hush hush, and like all this fucking, you know, shadow conspiracy just to like keep people from knowing what happens in the movie so they can't spoil it. 
right. kind of like leads me to just see, you know, yeah, the Batman is just being this like exercise and knowing that people want to spoil this shit. Yeah. Well, we had this weird thing happen this week, which is that the rumor mill spat out that Barry Keoghan is going to be playing the Joker in Matt Reeves's Batman universe. <clears throat> what do you think of him as a pick for the Joker? First of all, do you like that? I like him more than him as like the Mad Hatter, unless yeah. it's like a weird Mad Hatter. Yeah. You know? But I think I like his kind of like stoicness. Mm -hmm. And I think in the context of like Matt Reeves, Gotham, like that could be a really scary Joker. Yeah. He, um, he was very good in the green Knight We talked about, you know, as the, uh, he like robs Dev Patel in that. I I liked him a lot. Um, he's awesome in everything he he does for the most part. I haven't seen Eternals yet, but, um, the movie he was in with Colin Farrell was really great. Chernobyl, great. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's awesome, and yeah. I like had him way younger in my brain, and then he just became like twenty five, I guess, in the last couple of weeks or whatever. But, yeah. I think yeah, I'm mean, good. Uh, like I, I I don't know that if it's real, but here's my here's the problem that i have is that they told us that he's playing merkel which is like one of gordon's like partners or something but in all of this promotional footage we've seen the gcpd over and over and over again and we have not seen barry keoghan so it's like it seems like if he is merkel like is it just coincidence that he's not in any of these shots i mean or it is like the dopest fucking like comic book Easter egg slash like nod to Frank Miller's Merkel, where like he just never shows him and he's always in like silhouette with like the police cam. This <laughs> is so, like Barry Keoghan isn't actually in the Batman at all. <laughs> it's just his silhouette and like his voice. Like that would yeah. be fucking awesome. Like, that too. So, so awesome. Yeah. But it's, a, it's just one of those things where like, it's sort of the Ra's al Ghul switcheroo that they did with Batman Begins, where they're like, oh, Liam Neeson is playing Ra's al Ghul. And then Warner Brothers was like, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Shut up, shut up, shut up. And then they were like, oh, sorry, we misspoke. He's Henri Ducard. Ken Watanabe is Ra's al Ghul. And I was like, man, Liam Neeson looks so much more like Ra's al Ghul than Ken Watanabe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And so I was in the theater being like, oh, you fucks, you fucks, you tricked me, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of get that sense, though, where I'm like, I, 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 I don't know that the Batman needs the Joker in it, but I guess if we're going for it, I, I like him as a pick, you know, he, he'll have like a different energy. I it's think. just, it's such, a, I feel like that's going to be a super crowded movie if he is the Joker, just because like they're building up the Riddler so big, like to have another, you know, kind of Titan, like a Titan that's inherently a Titan while you're also lifting up another kind of like B-level villain to this like yeah. series status, like a lot to balance but you know well i mean if it's a cameo thing i almost think of um broken city where the joker shows up at the end and 
he's like oh like i was somehow involved in this shit but the writer doesn't know how he was involved in it so it's just this weird allusion to the idea that the joker was involved with it i kind of imagine that um (laughs) um but yeah no also before we bring kayla back on uh i'm starting to get this weird thing going on where they released another shot of paul dano's riddler it's like he has the extreme cold weather mask uh which is that green thing but they showed a picture of him and he's holding what appears to be a metal ice scraper and it's like being noted as like this is the riddler's weapon and i'm like what why is it all cold stuff what's going on here and i'm like is it some type of weird like mr freeze or like what like is there like a mr freeze angle that we're not getting or like what is why is it all cold stuff it's it's bothering me but that's weird. If yeah. he's doing a burden with it and just like mashing, mashing. Oh up. fuck! Oh no! <laughs> no well, the penguin's cool, but what if we mixed him with Killer Croc? Had <laughs> him live in the sewers and bite people's noses off. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's gonna be the Riddler, the Joker, Man Hatter, and Mister Freeze all rolled into one. Oh, perfect! That screams Paul Dano. <laughs> all that together, kind of knock it out of the park. All right. Wanna bring Kayla back? Let's do it. She looks ready. Just look ready. <clears throat> Yo. Hey, you're back. We didn't spoil anything for you. Until now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, in which case. Really yeah. Spoil. So um before we move on, like <clears throat> what have you guys been up to? Ryan, you kind of talked about uh, it like right before you to, came on, but well, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I moved to <clears throat> back to Providence like two or three days ago, um, and uh, just you know on the job hunt and trying to get some like commissions up and get my side hustle to be more like my main hustle, but that's a lot to juggle while I'm also like unpacking and like trying to, you know, have a room that's like livable, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm sitting on like six books, seven books that I have to print. And I just got to like talk to some buds about how I'm going to print that. And uh, yeah, me and Ron finished the Christmas thing. And what? I got another Christmas thing kind of ready for next year. I think it's gonna gonna shake out to be like finished by. Um, when will the Christmas book you guys made be available for purchase? Um, depends where we're at, where are we at in the printing process of that. Yeah, right. Uh, what's, what's today's date? The, November tenth. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully by like the last week of November or like December first. Shooting for the last week of November. Yeah, it'll be good. And um, I just got like a little. I hope that there are some people that listen to the show when it comes out, and I hope that they got confused when I said November tenth. So like, wait, no, it's it's, it's, today's the twelfth, right? (laughs) (laughs) I gained extra days. The hell? Yeah, it's daylight saving time. It's that means, right? That's what it is. Yeah, you 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 fall back two days. days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
that's legit. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, finished my half of the Christmas book. Um, I've been rewriting the romantic comedy script and it's going pretty good. Your notes yes. are fucking invaluable um, and Thanks. utterly ignored, um, but invaluable. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> no, um, all right really... there, but <clears throat> yeah, it's you nice to have it. something to be like <laughs> wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. it's like that. Um, I don't know if it was like a meme. Or whatever, it's like a Captain Jack Sparrow meme or whatever. It's like I love deadlines. I love to wave at them as they pass by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um no, I, they they have been really helpful and uh, definitely like giving good pushes in the right directions and stuff. So I've been pretty engrossed with that. I also am in the process of trying to make my uh, living space more livable. So. My problem is, and I, I've I've honed in on what my problem is, and it's that I'm just too mediocre. No, I, I uh, so I, I basically, I let things go for too long. Um, and I focus all of my attention on one thing and one thing only. And basically what happens is, uh, the things that I ignore get worse and worse and worse until it turns into a massive chore. So I'm trying to figure out how to be more well-rounded so that instead of having like, oh, I have to do this chore and it's a big chore and this is going to take way longer than it should. uh, I'm trying to figure out how to like stay just ahead of that crest so that oh, I got to do this chore and it's going to take me five minutes and then I can go do creative stuff um, instead of just full force sticking to creative stuff all the time because it's it's not great for me. Uh, <laughs> it's all about maintenance, you know? Yeah. As maintenance. A, as, a, as a tall person, like, I would love to be able to just sit down and put in, like, 12 hours at a drawing table, but I would literally cripple myself in a matter of days if I was to do that. And, like, my body actively tells me that whenever I'm, like, binging on, like, a work kick or whatever, and it's just like, hey, dude, you need to go for a walk. Like, you need to fucking stretch, and you need to do some, like, neck and back, ex- just, like, stretches or exercises or something, because you know i have a tendency to be like okay after this one after a while whatever that one is right like so today like i was report writing and i was like okay after i'm done with this program i'm not going to do the next program i'm going to be i'm going to switch it up switch it up to a different report something else whatever go do some supervision something and then i'm like oh okay well there's only one more in this curriculum so i'll do that i'll do that and then i'm like well the next curriculum is pretty short <laughs> over and over and over again yeah well screen time especially is like you can literally burn out nerves in your eyes and like make it hard for you to like focus like on stuff that's you know within 15 feet from you and, mm-hmm. uh, is that what my problem is i don't know no, no. <laughs> I keep my, pedestrians my in the car. Like, being at a screen is like super harmful it's it's crazy i don't know i had another binge day where i was like formatting all these books and now it's just like oh you know i'll just format this book to be a different size since i gotta like you know make this one into like a newspaper and it would just like the same clicking 
patterns for like hours. <laughs> and eventually like, you don't even know what you're looking at anymore. Exactly. And it's been, you know, 14 <laughs> hours and I'm just like, click, 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 click. And then I like go outside and I realize that I've, I'm partially blind or something. And like my <laughs> hand in front of my face is like holding up fucking 12 fingers or something. And it's just a nightmare. But And then you go to look to see what you did the day before, you know, like the next day. And you're like, this is all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Perception yep. was horrible. Then you have to redo my, uh, it. My OM after today, he's like, he goes, he's he's looking at my Friday, my schedule for Friday, and I literally have back to back caregiver collaboration meetings, which are typically like Zoom meetings. So instead of like working with the clients in the center, I have like back to back meetings with parents on Zoom. Okay. From like 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then I have a supervision session after that. So no breaks at all not a single minute of a break and he goes dude what's your what's the deal with friday i was like why what's wrong with what's wrong with friday like what's 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 going on like <laughs> so nervous I'm not doing and he's like he's like i'm looking at your schedule like why would you do that to yourself and i'm like i didn't do it on purpose it's kind of just how it laid out like yeah. how the how the cookie crumbled man like it's how the yeah tiles laid themselves like i had because i took monday off i had to move all of those appointments and this fit into here and that fit into there because this got canceled and that got moved and this like it just kind of happened that way and i didn't know this that was what i had set myself up for so uh yeah he was laughing he's like you're gonna have to like put in a catheter or something like (laughs) wear a diaper it's not gonna be a good day it's not gonna be a good day I'm literally gonna be staring at the computer nonstop, like, talking from ten to four. So I mean, I mean as, as far as like routines and stuff go, I mean, uh, I don't know. Cooking is something that I find like helps like me just like get away from like wanting to keep working. So I'd be like, oh, I'm hungry, but I am on a tear. But it's been like five hours, and I my back hurts. But like this next part could be really sweet and then you know i ignore it and i'm like shaking and sore and i'm like this is miserable like i need to walk away i get to that point and then i get nauseous because i haven't eaten yeah that happens to me sometimes too and then i can't eat anything because i'm too nauseous yeah i I force myself i force (laughs) myself to eat and then i feel worse and then i'm like well i guess i won't work anymore and then i go to bed (laughs) and i wake up and i do it again tomorrow (laughs) yeah i mean i guess like i i cook you know i cook a lot of like my own meals and i try to like work integrate sort of eating and like stretching and like you know sporadically working out into just like a weekly routine that i can intersperse like creative activity into while like not necessarily you know giving myself just like all day to like work on something because you know my body just can't handle that as a big we all know that if i try to stick to a certain routine something's gonna go wrong horribly horribly wrong so why bother I'll impale my foot on something that should be on the wall. I will <laughs> fall up a flight of stairs. <laughs> That's called the Biden, yep. doing the Biden. <laughs> so uh, th- this week and what went wrong with Kalo? Oh, God. Our uh, 
plumbing, our sewer system got backed up. Oh. We were like, thought the washing machine was broke because there was water. And so we were like, ah. Because there was shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. It's just water. Horrible. Wrong. So then Eric's like, we got to get a new washing machine. We're like, ah, that sucks. And then a couple days later, dishwasher was backed up. So we're like, hmm, curious. Then back up. Then all over the basement, actual literal shit. Oh, no. Okay, we have like a sink downstairs next to the washer and dryer. It's kind of like one of those like painter sinks, you know, the ones like the big yeah. basin. Oh, yeah. Full of actual You can shit. pour turpentine right down those babies. <laughs> Almost to the top. Full of shit. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just killed Alves. Sorry. Um. <laughs> so... All of the all of the laundry that we had had downstairs that didn't happen to be like in a bin or on the table that had like fallen onto the floor, you know, whatever. Covered Ooh, in shit. That is awesome. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. What the fuck is wrong? What are you saying? What are you saying? It's, like, it's, it's not awesome for Kayla. It's not awesome at all, but it, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your whole basement got flooded with shit? Just the laundry room. We have a very big basement and we had put up like drywall and made kind of like a separate room for the laundry room. So it's technically still, it's not really its own room because it's not on the roof or anything, but like it is blocked off. Um, But yeah, the whole laundry room, which has all of our laundry, all of our clothes, but it also has like in the corner, it has all like the paint cans and the canvases and stuff when I went through like my painting phase, Um, tools for like outside, um, you well, know, keep like, those canvases. People, like people in New York will buy them covered in shit. <laughs> I'll bet you garden tools. <laughs> I'll make money now because they're covered. Oh, true artistry. Oh. You, you can see that? her, her primal, rage. <laughs> primal rage. Primal rage. Primal <laughs> rage. Oh my god. Jesus yeah, Christ. so that was a couple nights of like trying to figure it out like Eric trying to get rid of the rid of the thing he bought like a whole tool he was like 50 feet down still couldn't find the clog like a couple nights and then I had to go and then we had to like clean then eventually it was like oh if only there was a person we could call that did this for a living (laughs) why don't they have those there was some kind of expert with plumbing that didn't go over well. Uh, <laughs> we do call a plumber, and then when we call a plumber, it's like, well, who has to take the morning off? Usually me, and yeah. I refused. So Eric had to take the day off, and that were half a day. Yeah. So he's doubly pissed about that. And then so it was, like, and then we had to clean it up enough because, like, there was a lot of it was it was a disaster down there anyway like before this happened there was just like a lot of like all storage everywhere like couldn't really get to anything there was a lot of clothes so I had to like go down and then I had to clean it enough for the plumbers to get access to whatever they needed to get access to because there was like bookcases and stuff in the way and so that was like two or three nights of us like trying to clean like figure out what was going on and like cleaning downstairs I like literally went downstairs with two bottles of Febreze Lysol a candle uh 
No, I want to light that fucking candle. Fucking rubber gloves. I'm light it. <laughs> I'm that age. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and like my be cut, and then my eyes were getting all like fucking itchy and shit from being down there with the dust and everything. But I obviously couldn't rub them or touch them because I was cleaning up literal shit. And oh my god, it was Thank a nightmare. God. And then after all that, we're like, oh, well, at least we don't need to replace the washing machine. It's all fixed. Two days later, washing machine's still leaking. <laughs> so clearly the washing machine was broken. It just so happened to break at the same time the fucking plumbing did. Damn. I guess yep. awe-inspiring, wow. I guess, is the, the term. Not awesome, but... <laughs> <laughs> I liked awesome better. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's like the cosmic, the cosmic happenings of just, like, certain shit sometimes. <laughs> certain shit coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes shit comes back in ways you don't intend. You know? Uh yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, so that's fun. Kayla, I got to tell you, having you back on the show, you've <laughs> elevated the content to a place where it's become meta. You're talking about a shit show <laughs> on a shit show. Mm-hmm. Kayla, what the fuck are we talking about? We are talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. The 2021 American superhero film featuring the Marvel Comics character Venom. Cool. All right. Um, and Carnage. And Carnage. Um, mm-hmm. And Avi Arad. Uh, <laughs> Avi Arad's fucking huge Venom boner. <laughs> so we, we've talked about him a couple of times. Uh, Avi Arad is the guy that basically forced Sam Raimi to put Venom in Spider-Man 3, which led to like a whole bunch of problems with that movie. And then, you know, has been heavily involved with the first Venom and also this one. And uh, I don't know, like his, I get the sense that his opinions about what Venom should be might not be my opinions about what Venom should be. And Sometimes I uh, I bring him up disparagingly. Um, I don't really like him, Avi Arad. Um, but yeah, so what did you guys think of the movie? I, I got a sneak preview of Kayla's opinions. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and I am interested to... I'm interested to talk about this. I'm curious. Kayla? Kayla? Oh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Give it a pass, Mm -hmm. but not a good pass. It's like, you'll pass the course, but you're not getting to college, you know? Okay. D plus. D plus pass, or like. I I don't think she graded on a curve. I think she probably, like, here, C (laughs) average, you know? Um, I did not grade on a curve. No. It was Um, much lower. Yeah, yeah. I uh Yeah, I'm just baffled. Like like genuinely baffled, like super confused about so many aspects of this movie. And I just like you look at the cast, it's like starring Tom Hardy, 
Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, Reed Scott, Stephen Graham, Woody Harrelson. It should work, right? It should work. <laughs> it should work. I don't know. Something yeah. good. Anything. I, mean, I, I, I think, like, here's where the Avi Arad thing comes in, is when you watch the movie and you pay attention to the pacing and you realize that there's actually probably another hour of footage that would make this a better movie that he just cut the fucking shit out of and was like, no, 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 no. We need to have more screenings a day so we can make more money. It's like, it doesn't work that way. If you make a, like a, a, a if you make a poor quality film, people aren't going to go back and see it again. And I don't understand why this is controversial because the Lord of the Rings made a bunch of fucking money. And each of those movies are three hours long. You could only have three showtimes a day and it made fucking crazy record breaking, you know, amounts of money so i really don't understand why that same latitude isn't given to comic book characters like everybody's in a fucking hurry with superheroes and i don't it's very strange because it's marketable commercial (sighs) capitalism at its finest it just there was so many things that i wanted to like but just didn't come up to par and I mean there were there were enjoyable aspects like I didn't walk away from the movie thinking that I wasted my time or that I was a piece of shit like it was okay it was forgettable I I often like to speak to the first one like I was like couldn't really remember I was trying to remind myself things that happened in the first one because it was kind of forgettable so I, I didn't remember and I was like I should have looked this up before we hopped back in these seats and then there was just so many things that didn't make sense that I was like why are they why I, I why I'm like I, I agree with you the first movie is forgettable and this movie is ultimately forgettable and they're blurring together in my head and I am having trouble like actually separating what plot points happen in which movie um and that's not a good sign (laughs) like that's like it seems like that's why I I get the sense that Avi Arad is in more control than the directors because these are two different directors directing two different films and they still feel exactly the same as one another you know what I mean? It doesn't, it almost has like <clears throat> this movie. I think the only reason that it kind of is a smoother ride is because it has less characters and less shit going on. But this type of like chop that they have in the editing is Suicide Squad. Like it's Suicide Squad level of chop. And it's like, holy fuck, can we stay with the scene for, you know, let it breathe a little? You know, I don't I, I don't like getting like thrown all over the place and like even the marketing for the movie it, when you watch it and there's like alternate takes of scenes like Cletus Cassidy escaping prison in the movie. He escapes at night and he just walks away in the trailers for the movie. He escapes during the day and he dances away. And it's like. Why are we like, how are we so uncertain? We're not even certain about like what time he's breaking out of prison. We're not certain about you know, like, this is weird, very strange shit going on. And I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I feel 
really bad for Andy Serkis, the director, because I, I felt like he went into this with the intentions of making a really great movie. And I just feel like he got like hamstrung or something, you know. You guys are being way nicer than I'm gonna be. <laughs> Have at it. We need a we need a voice of reason amongst all of this. I just I, uh... I like I think the reason that I was still holding on is because I enjoy watching Tom Hardy a lot. Um he's hella pretty. I so. agree. Well, no, not even that, because he is not pretty in this movie. Like one of the things that it, that they do, like that they did, is like they the... make him look like a piece of shit. Like he, yeah. it does not look healthy. He's like always sweating, and like yeah. he looks like he has a parasite inside of him. Like, yeah. so I, I do appreciate, but I mean, I just like Tom Hardy as an actor in general. I think he's pretty much capable of doing almost anything and there was some humor in it that i appreciated it was a little heavy-handed humor from time to time it was a little too much but it gave me a chuckle here or there so you know it's better yeah. than the first movie with the i'll rip your arms and legs off and then watch you roll down the street like a turd in the wind there was nothing as atrocious as that yeah, uh, yeah. well that's good yeah but anyways I mean, Alves, yeah rip it apart let's go it just like <clears throat> the all the like overdubbing of woody harrelson's voice like on the young cletus cassidy was like my first sort of like sign toward like you know these people not maybe not knowing what they're doing or something and like i don't know the whole like boyfriend girlfriend angle and like the natural born killers thing but like marvel (laughs) just makes me fucking insane and like the Sony product placement and that 15 minute joke around the TV just to be like, oh, it's a nice TV there goes out the window by Sony. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It it just like filled me with so much like rage. Just yeah, Eric did lean over that Sony point and was. go, how much do you think Sony paid for this? <laughs> I mean, they're probably so done all sorts of money just to pay Andy Serkis and Tom Hardy to be there. And Woody Harrelson, I imagine. Well, actually, I can see Woody Harrelson being a yes man, but I imagine everyone else would have to get paid pretty well to be here. That's one of the things that's like super annoying is I think Woody Harrelson is probably like one of the top people for this particular part. The one that I probably would have gone for is actually Ben Foster um, because that guy can play crazy like nobody's business. And I think I like him. I like his energy a lot. Um, But like, I think the issue that you run into with Woody Harrelson is exactly what you're saying is it's like, you already have the like stigma of natural born killers, like over the head of this thing. Like that era of Woody Harrelson and that sort of makeup is great, but they put him in a suit. He's got like a nice haircut. I'm just like, yeah. What are you guys doing? Yeah. And it's just weird because if you if you already have that natural born killers thing hanging over the production, you would avoid it, not lean into it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you don't want people to be drawing that comparison, but they go out of their way to have like the boyfriend girlfriend thing and to have like America's love affair with Cletus Cassidy and like all like this over the top like serial killer um, sort of 
glorification yeah glorification like they have like some point that they're trying to get across about serial killers and it's like it's it feels so facetious like it doesn't it doesn't come from any type of real place and i'm like kept wanting it to set up an inner conflict that then never really happened or paid off so like i kept being like okay like i predicted the whole like all right so once he gets carnage in him or whatever like that carnage is gonna do something to her and then it's going to create that like conflict between uh, like oh shit the regret of you know because this was all cool in the beginning and now it's not and blah blah, yeah. blah. and they like dipped their toe into that water like they were going right to go that end, direction right? yeah and then yeah <clears throat> uh, sort of and then they just were like just kidding yeah like they in the car like the first time that she makes the noise he's like whoa 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 whoa, don't ever do that like that you know hurts him whatever blah 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 then you don't hear about it for a while and then towards the end on the tower like it happens again and he's like do that again and i'll fucking kill you and he's like whoa 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 whoa, don't talk to my wife like that and then like shit just goes sideways and then such a cletus cassidy thing to say (laughs) and like spot on characterization it just didn't really turn like they paint not enough mind to it I think like I don't know it was just weird the way it played out and then like so much of her character just did not make sense whatsoever to me I was like I don't I literally don't care about her I was, I was like all. hoping not some other people were gonna get a symbiote you know like in the first one they got the sneaky like lady cart or lady venom in there which yeah. is like a cool cameo or whatever but like there is a a symbiote called Scream is like a yellow symbiote yep. or something like that. And like, oh. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is totally going to be her. Cool. Yep. You know, at least I'll get some like basic punch up stuff, but like <clears throat> even all that stuff was like super I don't know, underwhelming. Um, I really hate the me- split face thing. It's ugh. You hate the what? That was weird. The split face thing. Just like oh. the like how the symbiotes do just like half the face so that they can like talk and then they yeah. have the other half like doing the same thing as the human half, but in the symbiote it's just like dude, just do what they did in like Ultimate Spider-Man or Spider-Man 3, where it's just like his whole face comes out and then he just gets like sucked back in. It's like Yeah, that's a better move. Yeah. I also didn't the, the whole so first of all, like for me, the worst part was the whole tower scene thing at the end. Like, basically, the climax of the movie was the the worst part of the movie. <laughs> That's filmmaking one on one. You always want to you always want to end with a whimper, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was very King Kong. Yeah. That's all I could think of. Yeah, right. Like a small and King Kong. <laughs> I didn't understand why he like. Carnage grabs her or whatever, and then he's like, instead, he's like, I'm gonna kill her. And then instead of just killing her, he's like, but first, I'm gonna hold her in my hand while I climb 20 stories to the top of this tower for no reason whatsoever. Even though we're already high enough for me to drop her and kill her, where I could just literally crush her in my hand. Doesn't fucking matter. I'm gonna climb these 20 stories for no fucking reason. You gotta go toward that than- bill for plot development. <laughs> something has to happen in the movie right there's got to be something no no fucking sense although i did one of my favorite jokes was when they walk into the church and he's like 
you didn't tell me it was a red one. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Let's we're going home. Sorry. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh-uh. I wish that there was like, that. like build up to it. You know what I mean? Was like I, I like you can infer all the things that you need for that joke to land, but I'm also like, what, what is a red? Like, what is a red one? What does that mean? I had to Google it after. So couldn't <clears throat> yeah. remember. I didn't it's know. Like, I think they. I assumed it was explained in the first one. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was because I don't yeah, think was... we had anybody that was. Yeah, was there? A... It was just because it was like red. That was why he was scared, right? Well, I know, like he birthed it or whatever. I heard, I heard somebody explain it, and like if you watch Woody Harrelson transform into Carnage, his whole body like dissolves and becomes Carnage, whereas like Eddie is inside his symbiote. So it's like a red one. It would appear is actually something that is like reached full symbiosis it's not two things anymore it's one but then you have him fighting with the thing so it kind of like undermines that whole point you know what i mean and the whole like he's not symbiotic <clears throat> like us yeah uh, i don't know i really had a hard time with the like odd couple like venom eddie thing even in the first one and like i hate kind of like hearing tom hardy's voice in venom in the second one like noticeably and like it just grinds all of my gears just like hearing so just... apparently there are 40 oh. different symbiotes the what? there are 40 <sighs> different symbiotes in Venom's symbiote family oh yeah I mean they've been doing some bonkers Venom stuff with Venom over the last like couple but years the, the, four, the four villains of Sony's Venom for our, our listeners that need some explanation because I know I was definitely amongst one of them after watching it being like what the fuck was that didn't explain a goddamn fucking thing like um, the, the cop guy was he did he get he turns into one he turns into a symbiote later like he's another one I forget what his name is huh. I really uh, hope there's a third one um, uh, there's gonna be a third one and Tom Holland's gonna be in it I, I'm uh, what are these for, Kayla? Run it, uh, run it I'm down. Looking it up to try to give a, a clean <clears throat> rundown. Um, all right, let's see. Da, 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 da. I, I, it's right, painful. So Venom is using it's using the Life Foundation storyline. So going off of the Life Foundation symbiotes, um, which is fucking come on this forbes article made nope that was no fucking help dude okay all the stuff like gets painful in the hands of like in a comic book you have like time to sort of like pace it out and you can kind of focus your attention on things that matter and like not focus them on things that don't and when like they start trying to like adapt this shit into films it it, like sometimes it backfires and just feels like like in a comic book, you, you accept a certain amount of silliness. In a movie, it's just like Jesus fucking Christ, this is obnoxious, you know. When you tell me there's forty different types of symbiotes, I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. Is what's going to happen? So the Forbes article says that the five symbiotes are Agony, Phage, Scream, Lasher, and Riot, with Riot sharing many of Venom's powers. Um, but. Dude, there's literally it's oh All my these, god, like, this is so hard names. to parse out. Um, 
Our new villain's called Riot. Yeah. Yeah. Brutality. Did you say brutality or? I said police brutality. Police brutality. brutality. That's brutality the new villain's too. name. <laughs> we don't want to be too subtle. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it looks like the major symbiote characters, according to Marvel, are Venom, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Carnage, Toxin, Anti Venom, and Null. Right. The only one who doesn't have a host is <sighs> Null. But I'm trying to look up the thing between the colors. I think Toxin is. Uh the one that the cop turns into. I'm pretty sure. Mm. I mean, they also have a white pretty... one that's anti-venom. Anti-venom. <laughs> and I'm like, it's I just... White, you know, it's white and he's got like... Just fucking kill me. A black spider on his chest instead of I know. being I want to die. Spider, you know? it's, I'm it's asking pretty... you to help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Just putting venom in a movie or putting carnage in a movie with venom without Spider-Man is already like too far in the wrong direction if like you don't have a decent like foundation for it like everybody loves venom cool but everybody loves venom because he's a cool spider-man villain anti-hero but if you like take spider-man out of that that equation he's just like a bully with a fucking symbiote it's like they're making they're making it so much harder for themselves by not putting you have to put the horse before the cart that's how that works so like the idea of like a a symbiote like this symbiote attaches to eddie and has gigantic white eyes and can form tendrils that he can swing from and you know all these different things that are like very clearly spider-man traits and it's like oh in the movies it's just a coincidence you know what i mean it's like (laughs) why (laughs) like i don't really get it I, I, I into his bloodstream or whatever, but I just they don't so, have a so reason, far, right? It's all bullshit. Uh, yeah, well, each article like pretends like they're going to explain it and then they don't right, because nobody <laughs> so, knows. Like, they just say, there are four colors, there are four colors. Um, I feel like I found it after I looked. Um, right. so the first one had the, the one that Riz Ahmad played that was like he was almost silvery. I think that's Riot, I think. Anti-Venom is white, Sleeper is green, Scream is yellow, Venom is black, and Carnage is red. And the only explanation for him being red so far that I found is because he symbioted himself through the bloodstream. Uh, But I'm still looking, so. Kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just like seeing this much Venom, or this much Carnage in a movie, just like kills all of the excitement that I had as a youth, like watching the Spider-Man series and like seeing just that glimpse of Carnage in like the opening and then like never really getting him in the series. You know, it's like he's supposed to be this giant bad, you know, like he's a serial killer in the Marvel universe. Like that shit (laughs) doesn't happen. And like there should be some kind of like acknowledgement of like the reverence that should be felt for this dude. And it's just non-existent in this movie. 
like when he breaks out of prison, kills the warden and everything else, and then just like walks like down the parking lot. It's like I don't want to see Carnage walking. Like no. this is portfolio building for like comic makers 101 or just like image builders 101. Like you don't have your fucking main antagonist just standing there or just like walking if it's like supposed to mean something or if you're supposed to feel something with it like he should have moved uh, like um you know like the like in the in the modern age where they have like xenomorphs that are like enhanced with cgi and you see them like scramble really fast you know like that shit is what i imagine with carnage like faster than venom you know and uh it's just not there and it's like it's to your point the whole idea of like not having you know enough kind of meat on the bone for the concept of cletus cassidy as a serial killer in the marvel universe it's like my first real exposure to carnage i knew of him from the animated series but i read a book called spider-man carnage in new york it was like a novel and I remember Cletus Cassidy was like, he was, he just showed up at like a ball and was just tearing people apart. And Spider Man shows up and he's like, I'm going to go in the floor below him, you know, to try to get a read on what's going on upstairs. And as he's like walking through the, like, you know, the, the floor below, all of a sudden he there's like a drip and he's like, what the hell? And he looks up and it, there's blood like seeping through the ceiling from the floor above it's like that's carnage like it's in the name you know (laughs) like i i I, it's really weird to put yell the title of the movie and expect there to be carnage when there isn't any yeah it's like they have to like pull punches and they have to hold back with this character on film and they like do this weird thing where they do like this animated segment that feels like it's almost like like it's inventive but it also feels a little bit like kind of kitschy you know what I mean like designed yeah. for kids and it's like Carnage isn't it's for a kid kind of played. yeah like what it's kind of played you know, yeah. it's just like, oh, an anime, like a dark animated background for our villain because, you know, he's just a twisted little child. It's just like, dude, fuck off with that, like, just basic. I mean, I guess everybody, you know, ultimately is a damaged child, but like, as a villain, I I don't like, as, as Carnage, I don't want to see that much kind of behind the veil, you know. It, it felt like the Birds of Prey opening with Harley Quinn, only with Harley Quinn, it's not as big of a deal because she may be a psychopath, but also she's not a Cletus Cassidy level psychopath. Cletus Cassidy is up there with like Professor Pig from the DC universe yeah. in terms of Twisted and not honoring that in his first big screen debut. This movie should have been rated R. You know, and the fact that they went PG-13 is a testament to, like, how off the mark they are in their decision-making. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I loved Carnage. I loved Venom. I loved Venom <laughs> growing up, like as a kid. Like, I don't know. Both of these movies were just big old kick in the nuts for, for me as like a Venom <laughs> fan, you know? Like, there's a there's a Venom comic. There's a Spider-Man comic, but Venom shows up, and it's like. Um, later in like Paul Jenkins run or something, but like Eddie Brock has cancer. Yeah. And he needs the symbiote to like survive because like eating the cancer, but the symbiote wants to like leech off Spider-Man because he's all, you know, jacked up and stuff. And, uh, you know, there's just like, I don't know, there's like meaning for Venom to like be there. And like, there's, you know, the weight of him being a villain and like Eddie sort of pulling himself like out of whatever dark spot he was in when he was being a criminal earlier. And like, there's just so much development that happens like so quickly in this book that is just non-existent in either of these movies. Like, I still have no idea who the fuck Eddie Brock is or like what he's doing besides like being a tough guy news reporter on a motorcycle. So you just Tom Hardy, like, like a weird Brooklyn accent, San Francisco sweaty. reporter. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's you know what else I didn't like is that they had this. What's her character's name? Is it Shriek? Is that what they call it? Like, Shriek. what is? Yeah, correct. You have this character with this cool ass fucking ability, and she's basically a damsel in distress the entire time. Yeah like literally the reason that you said that you didn't care about her right is that what or was that Alice? who's you said it i did i didn't care for yeah. her at all so the reason you didn't care about her at all is because she is literally a human macguffin to get carnage to do things you know what i mean like it's fucking crazy like there is no character there there's nothing it's fucking awful <laughs> they used her for his plot development they also used her for the cops character development. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she inherently doesn't have a character because girl, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just stating what Hollywood taught me, okay? It's fucking awful. It's terrible. I agree with you. I'm being I'm being facetious. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to push <laughs> buttons. I'm just saying that's what they put on the movie. Okay, I don't feel that way. Like, <clears throat> it did. It just, yeah. I know I. It didn't piss me off enough that to like get me all hot and bothered, but mm -hmm. I'm definitely gonna forget it. Yeah, by the I end mean, of the year, you know. If I hadn't, if I hadn't grown up watching the Spider-Man cartoon or like liking Spider-Man or Venom or like any of these characters, I like probably wouldn't. Air, but it's just like after Spider-Man 3 and then these two movies it's just like come on guys Venom is literally the easiest <laughs> easiest villain you could possibly have with Spider-Man it's really like, not that hard you don't have to do fucking anything like, yeah Eddie Brock could be some you know drug addict maybe he's like homeless some symbiote fucking ties himself ties itself to him out of some freak accident and then he's just fighting Spider-Man and then Spider-Man gets Whoa. absorbed by the fucking symbiote, and there's some weird lovers quarrel there with the symbiote and let's, Parker and Brock, and I don't know. Let's just run that though. Like, let's let's run this because wasn't wasn't Eddie Brock 
<clears throat> he was initially involved in the investigation into a character called like Sin Eater or something. And in his reporting about that character, he actually falsified information that was oh, later <laughs> in the first movie. No, this is in comics. In comics. Oh. So he <clears throat> he is found to have falsified information and then he becomes disgraced um That's right. disgraced uh reporter Eddie Brock and I think it was revealed like almost by Peter Parker what had happened you know and then Peter Parker has the symbiote and he gets rid of the symbiote and the symbiote goes to the next person that and this ties to the Paul Jenkins run secretes the next most amount of adrenaline because that's what the symbiote is feeding off of and Eddie Brock unbeknownst to him has adrenal cancer and that's why the symbiote is attracted to him and then the symbiote comes with knowledge that hey Peter Parker is Spider-Man we have a mutual enemy you know and that's how that story would run and it like it tells itself it's not hard it's not a hard story like all the character motivations are there you know like you take it seriously <laughs> it doesn't need anything else and it's like twice now they've given us these really weird interpretations of venom where it's like oh well venom in spider-man 3 is like ben riley in the clone saga like he's a mirror image of peter parker he's like a like a douchier version of peter parker and then he becomes venom and it's like no and then this one is like, this is just like a space symbiote infects Eddie Brock and they have nothing in common. Like they have nothing that's supposed to be drawing them together. They have no mutual enemy. Realistically, like Eddie Brock would get infected with this thing and would do anything to separate himself from it. I do not buy that you would get this in you and be like, oh, well, this is my life now. Like, unless you had a motivation, like, oh, this gives me the power to seek revenge against Peter Parker. You know what I mean? That would be the only reason for you not to immediately go to the ER and be like, get NASA on the phone now. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> this, I have this, this story, horn, but I'm about to run out of juice. <laughs> <laughs> this story this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's tragic just how hard of a miss you know that these have been uh, at least as far as like just character understandings you know i wish more people would like actually read these comics or at least get like picked by like the credibility of their interpretation of these characters instead of just being like yeah i could make venom's mouth move all like a little more detailed and give him some like more teeth and cool like eye emotions and it's like dude again who gives a shit like it looks good i guess but well that was the other thing that came up a lot during the production of this movie is like oh andy circus is going to be directing this he has so much experience with cgi has so much experience with motion capture like at the very least this movie is going to look miles beyond that first movie it's going to look e it's going to look even better than the first movie which wasn't all that bad but it's like it doesn't even feel like that happened. Like it doesn't even feel like that is a push in like, it doesn't feel like a revolutionary 
in that push and that was like one thing if you had said venom 2 you know it's like venom and carnage it's basically a special effects showcase has oscar winning special effects like it's the special effects movie of the year if you had said that it would be like all right well cool i guess i'll go watch what a bunch of cg artists created you know but it's like you it's not even really that you know and then we got to talk about the end credits scene uh which we already kind of mentioned a couple of times what what are they doing what is it so um eddie's you know taking a nap and then he lets the huge like the biggest part i have ever seen just rip and it tears a hole in the space-time continuum or something and it drops them into the mcu and then um Venom sees Tom Holland on TV and he gets all like aroused or something and he starts like making out the TV screen and then the only thing I found relatable in the entire fucking movie (laughs) for real though (laughs) yeah Um, so this Venom knows Tom Holland's Spider-Man I guess. I guess everybody knows Tom Holland Spider-Man now because Well, he like so he alluded to the fact when he that he, the Venom has all this knowledge of not just this universe but other universes and that conversation that he has with them where he's like Oh yeah. Like okay, we're not going to keep secrets and he's like, "Oh, dude, I have to keep secrets or like it would literally explode." Your and he's like, "I've got you know, 4 billion years of hive knowledge like just a peek at that would literally explode your brain. Uh-huh. And he's like, ah, let's have a whack at it anyway. He's like, all yeah. right. And then so he starts to show him and then that's when the shift happens and he finds oh. him the fart, sure. <laughs> finds himself <laughs> in this place. So like my guess is that Venom has Venom some fart. sort of knowledge of Tom Holland's Spider-Man because he they have interdimensional knowledge of different universes. Okay. So wait, was it implied that Venom knew Tom Holland Spider Man? Just in that in that way. In you like know, really weird like... fucking reaction to it. Like... Right, because if he doesn't know Tom Holland Spider Man, it means he just saw a teenager on the television and licked it. <laughs> All right. I mean, this is we're talking about. So I mean, maybe they're just dropping the veil like wholesale, just being like, "Yeah, this is the hero we need, not the hero we deserve." Yes. Oh God gonna... damn. No, I think that I think that you're right. I, yeah. I mean, I think that that is supposed to be what they're getting at is that he does have interdimensional knowledge of things. But I also am like if that's true then a symbiote needs to exist in the mcu already to be able to share that information right true yeah oh my how would he know that or is it just that he knows about other spider-men like toby Maguire and andrew garfield and is like hey that is a person in a spider-man costume who presumably in this venom universe they don't have a Spider-Man? Is that what the... Or maybe there's a Spider-Man that we don't know about or a Venom that we don't know about in the MCU or something. I don't know. But this is what I'm talking about with all this parallel dimension 
shit. It's just like it's a smokescreen to make it seem like you intended all of these plot conveniences and <laughs> plot holes and it's like this deep elaborate ruse to just keep feeding us the same thing in the last 10 years but with like new stuff sprinkled in but it's like like literally the next spider-man movie is just gonna be terrible and the one after that is gonna be even worse and i just i'm so sad about it I don't know. Uh, I have a. I, I was looking for the, the actual ground. words of it, but yeah, the, he I'm says something the along the lines of, "Okay, go ahead." No, I'm just in the mid ground. I'm like, I'm not going to say that Spider-Man: No Way Home is going to be terrible, and I, I don't think it will be great. But I don't. I don't I'm think excited it will be for it. Yeah, I am too. Alves is a Debbie Downer. I mean, it's like I'm excited for it i guess objectively but like if i think about it too much i'm gonna pull my face off and eat it you know that's just me <laughs> and let it go down the winds like a big old turd exactly. yes <laughs> i'll rip off my arms and legs and throw myself <laughs> into the wind <laughs> something yeah whatever that metaphor was he was trying to trying to make <clears throat> yeah i don't know i i just i i feel all of the old avia rod like tricks in this Back. movie where it's like in this movie and in like this plotting and in this like oh well like I know that we just jumped the gun so that we could get Venom, but like we also want Venom and Spider-Man. So like, what's the quickest route to that? Oh, we'll have him get dropped into the MCU, and then we can have Spider-Man fight Venom for no fucking reason, you know? <laughs> and that'll be great, you know? Like, how are they going to build that that conflict? Like, Eddie Brock is a is a good guy theoretically. Like Venom is a good right. guy, right? So that Except doesn't that make he, sense. He likes teenagers, but you know, <laughs> maybe that'll be the conflict. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it's it's really also they they're there's they successfully chop out one of the defining features of what makes Venom interesting by doing it this way, which is that Spider Man's Spidey sense doesn't work against venom because it doesn't guard against himself so when the symbiote goes to attack him he can't sense it because it's part of him and that's a great idea it's like the one villain that like spidey sense or no you know peter tingle or no you can't defend yourself against this guy you know and that makes venom a bigger threat and now you have to come up with some other stupid fucking reason for that to be the case, or you have to drop that concept altogether. And that sucks too. You know, like both of those options are dog shit. <clears throat> painting themselves into a corner and it just is, it's distressing to watch when they're like, Oh, we're watching our own spider universe. The, the Sony Spider-Man universe you know, and like Morbius and look, there's Vulture. Oh, and there's the Oscorp logo from the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, and there's 
uh, Spider-Man, but it's the Tobey Maguire one with murderer written across it. What's going on? Nobody knows. We don't, you know, like this whole, (laughs) this whole thing is just like, Oh my God. Like I, I, I feel like whatever well-oiled machine you have in Marvel, you're going to have like the, they're rivaling DC for like the like top most disjointed <laughs> cinematic universe at this point. And their cinematic universe is one character and his villains. And it's like, how do you fuck this up? Like, how do you, how do you make this mistake? You know? This is hard to watch. It's real painful. I'm scared. Yeah. It's distressing, you know, just cause like, <laughs> <laughs> they've just been like make they've been making movies for such a long time and like now that they've like gotten the kind of like alley-oop with marvel they're just like no we're gonna actually do our other thing but not really with spider-man but with all of his villains and it's like we all know who spider-man's villains are we all know venom is a spider-man villain like what the fuck are you guys doing uh stop and like I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they like do a like when they do the Blade movie that it's just like the Wesley Snipes Blade movie, but with like Mahershala Ali in like a parallel universe or something. Could be. This will be Asian or something. It just feels like the whole like the idea of multiverse is exciting, but I you're starting to see like with Marvel, it feels like there's probably a long term plan and goal in mind as to where they're heading with Sony. It just seems like an excuse to be like, whatever sticks is what will be Canon. And they're just going to throw everything out and see what lands and then have a really good excuse for like, it's like workshopping it like in public or something. It's like, instead of having test audiences where you're like, Hey, does this make sense? And then they're like, no. And then they're like, okay, six months of reshoots. You know, it's like, instead of doing it that way, they're literally going going to produce a movie that like might not work and then see what the audience says about it. And then they're like, Oh, well, Dr. Strange fixes everything in the multiverse of madness. And that's why this thing you didn't like from this movie isn't here anymore. You know? yeah it's it's an ugly state to be in it doesn't feel like there's anybody at the helm you have a multiverse if anything that should just give that that should like let loose the reins for creatives everywhere right like all right if you're not gonna if you're gonna do a multiverse do a million shared universes or whatever or like shared universes as people want and like you can literally just have a different Spider-Man, a different Venom, like just uh, I don't know. All this stuff is also just like tied up with you know copyright and like character ownership and just like all this other shit that just keeps these studios from you know finding people with like good ideas or like interesting takes and like getting a shot to do something interesting or different with these characters because they're just looking to like keep the IP for a little bit longer and like make a little more money off of it while they can. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's an ugly, it's an ugly state of movies we're in today. Um, even given you know the kind of potential high points of like something like the Batman or, uh, or even like a win like the cut coming out. It's just like mm-hmm. there's still so much, so much crap. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, and you know, Marvel has high points too you know like the just all the work leading up to uh infinity war and endgame and everything and like finally getting those payoff moments and getting like true splash pages you know come to life on the big screen and everything and and it feeling earned and and that's where i think i have the problem with like venom is <laughs> like none of this shit is earned like everything is like just sort of like oh well you know we decided that this is what we're doing and nothing shall stand in our way and it's uh really it's really fucking weird you know <clears throat> it's a polar opposite strategy of something like you know marvel building towards things or dc investing in like drawing parallels between myth and their characters to try to like bolster them to a higher place of reverence it's like sony is just sort of like what's gonna be silly and stupid because our audience is silly and stupid we want to play right down the middle straight at them you know and like it's like Sam Raimi, you know how dumb they are. Oh my god! Could you imagine if they just left him the fuck alone? Could you imagine if they had not forced Venom on him in Spider-Man Three? They had just let him do Sandman and you know the New Goblin wrap-up story, and then like we could have gotten Spider-Man Four with John Malkovich as the Vulture, which would have been fucking cool. Nothing against Michael Keaton. I'm glad we eventually got the Vulture. Um, and I'm glad that Michael Keaton played him. He was great. But it's just this weird thing where this push to like build out that universe in an exponential way, like everything has to happen all at once. And it has to be this massive, like a almost like a big bang level of explosion. Um, it's like, I don't understand why they keep doing it and they've done it repeatedly. Like I Spider-Man three was the first time where you saw it. Then the amazing Spider-Man comes out and it's like, all right, we're back to basics. Spider-Man versus one villain. Then the amazing Spider-Man two, they're like, okay, it's Spider-Man versus one villain. And there's also going to be one other villain at the end of it. And there's like a cameo by another villain but we're going to do it it's going to be bookended it's going to be at the very beginning and the end of the movie and then by the time they started talking like at the end of spider at the end of the amazing spider-man 2 they have that fucking mysterious guy walking through oscorp and he passes dr octopus's tentacles uh the vulture's wings uh all of these other like like references to like oh my god they're building the sinister six the sinister six is going to be in the next movie and then people are like hey this movie's a piece of shit. We don't want another movie from from this series. And then they were like, "All right, fine." And you know, back to basics. You know, we're gonna have we're gonna 
you know, well, well, we'll introduce Spider-Man to like a like a Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then we'll go a little bit further back to basics. We'll have Spider-Man versus one villain. And then it's like, oh, the second movie is Spider-Man versus one villain. And there's elementals, but they're not really villains. It's actually part of like that one villain. So it's okay. And then this third one is the exact same shit that they did with the amazing Spider-Man that didn't fucking work. It's like, they're just going to jam every fucking thing they can possibly fit into this movie in. And it, is fucking terrifying because you feel them making the same Sony decisions that they've always made. And it's just like, stop, just make a good, just make a good movie. Like it regard, like don't think about what anybody else wants or like how cool a sinister six would, you know, movie would be like, don't think about this shit. Don't bother. Just, just focus on like, what type of story do you want to tell? And what do you want to say about Peter Parker? And I don't think that you need six villains and, you know, several Spider-Man and like another vigilante. Like, I don't think you need all this shit, you know, to get that across. But that's just me. Yeah. I'm nervous. And if, <laughs> if they were doing their job right, you know, uh, <laughs> a Sinister Six would be insane. If you built it out, a bunch of like grown adults fighting a teenager, be fucking awesome. Great, great movie making, especially in the context of like, hey, (sighs) we all have a mutual problem, and our mutual problem is this kid. And what I'm proposing is that we kill this kid, you know what I mean? And like, all the villains being like, (laughs) yeah. Get yeah, let's kill this fucking kid. <laughs> you know? Like, this is awesome. That's great. And what I, is he, 16, 17? You yeah. Yes. But I it's like, teenagers. you have the rhino and being like, I don't care if he's 12, you know? Like, <laughs> kill him, <laughs> you know? Um, but like, I, I just feel like uh, you could build that out to be like a phase one Spider-Man universe. And instead, they're trying to be like, this is just a, this is the culmination of a trilogy. And it's like, I want to see it paced like we, it was a lot of fucking work to get to something like Infinity War, which is a much bigger concept. But it's like, they're trying to sidestep all the work and be like, well, because of parallel universes, we can have two villains from this franchise and two villains from this franchise and then a couple villains from our franchise and bam, Sinister Six, the movie we've been trying to make for fucking 10 years. You know, like we cannot get off of this idea. It's like that guy we were just talking about last week. Uh, I, I, I don't want to misspeak. I said John Berg last week, right? John Peters, right? Is that his name? The guy from Superman Lives that was like, I want him to fight a gigantic spider. And he wouldn't let go oh, yeah. of the gigantic I spider. I don't remember his name. It's definitely that guy. Yeah. He, he like guy. wouldn't let go of the fucking gigantic spider in the Superman movie. And then the Superman movie failed. And then he went on to be a producer on the Wild Wild West. And the fucking last fight of the Wild Wild West has a gigantic mechanical spider because this guy wouldn't let it go. He was just like, I don't care what movie it goes in. I don't care if I'm doing Driving Miss Daisy 2. There's going to be a gigantic fucking spider, okay? Like, that's what I want, and that's what's going to happen. That's Sony. Sony is an entire corporation 
of John Peters. <laughs> it's just one John Peters after another of people being like, we're going to get the Sinister Six. Like, I don't care what it takes, what it costs. <laughs> How many franchises have to die? <laughs> we are going to bring all of these back. I don't care what the lengths that we have to go. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's tragic. I, don't know. I just want everything to turn out okay. And I, I, I have concerns. <sighs> Nothing would please me more if they're like able to merge what they're doing with like the Tom Holland Spider Man stuff and have all of that shit make sense. But I just don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the mental gymnastics there to put that stuff together, I do not have the capacity for. I'll say this. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I just don't care as much. And I'm going to enjoy it anyway. Spoken like a true <laughs> Marvel fan. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I I am here to represent the average listener. <laughs> yeah. You're the lazy few. I <laughs> just want to sit down, eat some goddamn popcorn, and have mindless entertainment for <laughs> one hour and forty-five minutes. But you're gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, don't need to worry See? about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, Venom, let there be carnage. Uh, if you get a chance uh, before it leaves theaters, have Will buy you a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely say that uh, what you used to call like renting on Blockbuster, you know, renting yes. on Netflix. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I will wait till it's on cable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're watching this. This like whole month of. Uh, you know, the, the whole month of October was stacked with movies that we watched, so you don't have to. Uh, and this is <laughs> putting ourselves on the line here. Uh, damaging brain cells. <clears throat> so anyways, Is there I think anything that's that it, you've right? watched recently that you would recommend? Actually, I, I will say that we have a couple of uh, shows coming up that are brighter um, <laughs> yeah. So I am excited to talk about No Time to Die. Um, if you guys get a chance to to see that, um, and I also I have not watched Dune yet, but I've heard negative things, so I'm very excited. <laughs> no, no. I'll just there like yawning. Oh fuck. <laughs> No, I, uh, no. You know what? I like Denny. Watch, watch the, the the David Lynch movie first or afterwards, but just be, be sure to watch that one and Look, I, to give this one context. Because De- Denny villain, um, yeah. I I really respect him despite the, the butchering of his last name. I think the world of him. Um, and I recognize that, like, some of his big budget movies, it's funny, the smaller the budget, the more exciting the film, it seems to be with him. Uh, but I recognize that, like, Blade Runner 2049 was super slow. 
and it wasn't for everybody. But yeah. I like respect that. I respect that Denny was like, well, I don't care if everybody wants an action movie. Like this is that's this is what I'm doing. So I kind of am going into Dune with that same expectation where I'm like, I mean, I'm just along for the ride. You know, I respect anybody that can copy somebody else and put a bigger budget on it and then, you know, make money off of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like this, it just, I don't know. After seeing the David Lynch film and like not really liking it and then seeing this one, I was like, wow, I think I actually might like david lynch movie way more now like yeah i don't know i'm also tainted because jodorowsky's dune is a documentary we should cover at least like integrate somehow with uh, this because mm-hmm. the art and like the concepts behind that movie mm-hmm. just made all this stuff like so much more psychedelic and like bright and cosmic and you know the kind of folly of a lot of this, this the design in these this movie is just like it's so plain, you know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Feels like a twenty thirty Vogue photo shoot for three hours. That's what I'm but looking for. Have you seen ethics. anything that's actually made your heart happy? Yeah, I've been watching uh, uh-huh. Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was on a Gendy Tartakovsky kick and he did like a pilot sort of like 45 minute um, animated short for yes we're very familiar with all Star Wars adaptations in this household oh hell yeah hell yeah well I've been like slowly working my way through like the animated you know Star Wars prequel stuff and that's all it's been my husband is a huge Star Wars fan and we've literally seen like all of all of all of them yeah, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, but like this has been enough uh, kind of just like light fun that I can sort of put on and like work to that like yeah. I'm not too heavily invested in like, you know, I don't I don't go into much Star Wars stuff with like very high stakes just because, you know. Yeah, but I, I have heard though from many from multiple people that the the animated series of Star Wars is really up there as far as good reviews and, and no, people like awesome. enjoying it so much more than anything else um, like, it makes you actually enjoy that the prequels and like i've gone back and watched the prequels and they're still awful but like while you're watching the series you're just like wow those movies can't be as bad as i remember them because the show is <laughs> yeah. awesome and then you like the storyline is awesome the characters are awesome and then you're like oh wait yeah, <laughs> they really, they really dropped the ball. I've been, I binge watched Ghosts, the British version. Ghosts, what's that? Oh, let me impart this tale. So, there is a new show on. I think it's on Netflix now. It's the American version of a British TV show. Wow, it's only worked maybe two times ever. The Office being a very rare exception of it being well done. Um, And it's getting a lot of traction and a lot of good reviews and whatever. So we didn't watch the American version, but we went ahead and we watched the British version because I tend to find British humor funnier anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So the original British television show, it's just called Ghosts. It's comedy. They are quick episodes and there's only like 
eight episodes a season and there's three season. It's a quick binge watch and it is fucking hilarious. Like Mm -hmm. we watched it to just like give it a go. We were like, hey, why not? And we binge watched the entire thing in like a week and a half. Wow. Uh, It is obsessive, obsessively good. It is so fucking funny. So it's, you're nodding your head. Have you seen it? No, but I will check it out. (laughs) I highly recommend it. It's about this young couple who's like searching for houses. And then the woman finds out that she has inherited this house from a relative that she didn't know that she had. And so they move in and it's like this big manor on the, out in the English countryside and it's inhabited by ghosts. Uh, the ghosts of all the people that have died there are not moved on. And because it's such an old manor, it's, it's a good number of ghosts. And uh, so they like move in and they obviously can't see them. So there's like some humor there. And then this is not really a spoiler because it's it's kind of the whole premise of the show is some accident happens during the first episode and she has like a near-death experience, which then causes her to be able to see ghosts, but her husband still can't see them and hilarity ensues. Um, so she's able to see and interact with them and and they're just kind of like on a, on, you know, they're basically trying to get them to move out because they're trying to convert the manor into a hotel or a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And they, the ghosts don't want that. So they're trying to get rid of them, but they also haven't had anybody who's been able to see and talk to them right. in centuries. So it's, it's, just, it's, it is so fucking funny. The best joke in the whole series is in the second episode. So if you're not like ready to commit to an entire series, I just recommend watching the first two episodes. It's a hundred percent worth it. We then went and watched the American version to give it a go, you know, watch the first episode. It was absolute fucking trash garbage. Could not get ourselves to watch the second episode. It was so bad. How can the American version of something be worse? (laughs) <laughs> sorry. sorry they hallmarked it up oh oh no and and when i'm not even joking when i say that because the girl that stars in it is in like so many hallmark type movies and it makes sense because i think it's like cbs it's a cbs show uh, so. christian broadcasting service <laughs> i don't think that's what it stands for but you know what i'm saying yeah pretty much yeah, so yeah I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Oh, it's so fucking good. Yeah. And it's and it's quick. It's only eight episodes <laughs> a season, you know? Yeah. They're like 30-minute episodes, 20 to 30-minute episodes. You asked it's, it's fun. You asked if if we had watched anything that made our our hearts happy. And I kind of I, I glanced back at the movies that we've watched. And uh Texas Chainsaw. I gotta tell you that it's like the old movies are still holding up relatively, but we haven't watched a new movie since Pig that I've been actually happy and excited to talk about. Like, it's been Pig was published on September 3rd. It's been two months of talking about movies that I don't give a fuck about. It's like disturbing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
<laughs> you like really New don't know what to say. Fuck. What's that? New movies that you don't give a fuck about. Yeah, there's tons of yeah, tons of new movies that just they're Are not trash. <laughs> they're not cutting the mustard, you know. But yeah, brighter uh, days ahead. We got. Let's hope so. I mean, you know, it's got to be. It's got to pick up at some point. You know, maybe it'll take till March before I'm excited, but I'm willing to wait. <sighs> All right. Titan, telling you, I have a good feeling about Titan. Titan, yeah, yeah. I, I still I haven't watched anything about it, so I'm still going in super fresh. So, I'm, uh, you know, I'm optimistic. But anyways. I think, uh, are we done talking about Venom Let There Be Carnage? Done. Yeah. Said everything I want to say. I've vented and I'm I don't know that I'll ever watch that again. <laughs> I'm <get> job. <laughs> um, so yeah, next week uh, No Time to Die Daniel Craig's exit as James Bond, if you guys are up for that. Um, yeah. The end of an era. I, I feel kind of sad about Daniel Craig leaving. I, I I understand that things need to change, and I understand that he doesn't want to be James Bond. But makes me sad. All right. <clears throat> That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody, if you're still here. And we love you. Hey. Hey, do you want more WT Fodder throughout the week? If so, head on over to Instagram and give us a follow at WT Fodder underscore podcast. There, we post updates about episodes as well as news stories, usually movies, sometimes just odd. Um, yeah, stay connected. Our audience. Run, oh. that, run, run that again. Run that again. So what? It's a conspiracy of what? It's a conspiracy against comics. I tell you, like comic books in general should be theoretically like the logical next step in our visual understanding. But like, as far as like corporate media goes, it's just like <laughs> teenage or children fodder built uh-huh. for like either children or man babies and like you know grown adults who just like are stupid and childish and like as a grown adult who's granted stupid and childish and enjoys comic books like I'm also like a thinking feeling adult who like experiences you know synthesis of emotions and experiences into like you know seeing these movies and being like hugely disappointed and just like still getting kind of the narrative fed of just like oh no this is just baby baby food like you guys just want baby food right well hold on ryan you forgot a very large percentage of the population of comic book readers don't forget the pedophiles well that's (laughs) are they the big amount of comic readers or do they just uh the creeper creeps in in their mama's basements I got some comics in my van. Straight up. Exactly. <laughs>
That's the distributor. in the comic book stores for all the teens he mentioned. It happened to me. It happened to me. Um, <clears throat> no. <laughs> it was Ryan. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, it, it feels like a, a conspiracy anyway against a media. conspiracies all around her. You know, yeah. I mean, it's been a hundred years and people still can't take comic books seriously. Why? Because of them, let there be carnage, right? Yeah, exactly. No, it's like it's it is kind of an interesting thought because it's like if you if you had if you had free artistic creative expression unhindered by producers, if you could just talk about what you thought was important to talk about, and if you could have a direct relationship with your audience, a pure relationship with your audience, that would obviously become the entertainment of choice so that is a threat to hollywood's bottom line so every year we have to have a quota of shitty fucking comic book movies to keep up the appearance that the comic books are inferior to the movies and that when something like the dark knight comes out and they go it's transcend it's transcended its medium you know what i mean we all fucking buy that <laughs> as if like the entire plot yeah. of the dark knight isn't well, in even... the fucking batman comics like the log halloween and anything ed brubaker yeah, ever like, fucking did like it's all there even the the idea that like a comic book can only be enhanced by being made into a movie is another just fucking like jab it's just like dude it's a fucking comic book for a reason like it's read the fucking comic you don't it's a weird thing you don't see because you hear there's like there's the common saying or the common trope the book's better than the movie like that's like a common conception particularly with book lovers that people <laughs> yeah. accept as, as a general truth that most often than not the book is better than the movie and people have a really hard time separating the two and realizing that the movie is just an adaptation of the book and it's not supposed to be a direct representation of the book because you can't fit the entire book into a movie format so that's really you know but that's common but you do not hear that about comic books i've never heard the phrase ah the comic book's better than the movie well, most of the people that see comic book movies don't read comic books. They have no baseline comparison. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever That's like somebody fair. like me or Alves says like the comic book's better than the movie, everybody just looks at us like sadly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you feel know. like you're delusional. <laughs> yeah. People are I like, wonder, when are they going to put him in a home? <laughs> I wonder if there's a piece missing that's like, there's a certain level of thinking and self-perception that you have to do when reading a comic book because the format doesn't lend itself to explaining everything to you. You have to kind of fill in a lot of the pieces and, and be an attentive reader um or an attentive viewer it's kind of because you're doing both right. um actually more viewing than reading and actually reading you're viewing <laughs> um yeah. so you kind of have to and there's a certain level of um training and knowledge that you have to go through in order to be fluent in reading comic books you know it's not something that you can just pick up any old comic book and understand how to read it Right. how to under like work through that story whereas you don't really have that barrier 
in other mediums and formats. So like, yeah. if you know how to read, you, you know, most likely can pick up any book and read it, even if it's not your particular genre that you are, have a, you know, bigger preference and you can, you can get through the book and understand what it's putting because they have all of that space and time to explain everything to you. Right? right. And it doesn't mean it's not thought provoking or require intelligence in order to understand the overall concept and theme, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, and then in movies, like the way that it's cut and set is to explain and show, you know, there's just the, the other formats, they don't have the same barriers that the comic books do. And so I think that might prevent a lot of people from getting into it as quickly or as easily and for as long. And it could be part of the reason that all those people that are going to see comic book movies are not reading the comic books. It, it's it's a, two very different audiences. Yeah. yeah. People experience, you know, comics and sort of visual narrative a lot more often than I think we readily acknowledge just because, you know, comics are such a low form of art. Um, but if you look at like the safety instructions on any given man manual or like in, like <laughs> Ikea instructions this or like the airplane. Life. Have you tried to read Ikea instructions? Well, no, but uh, all right. Like, the need, like for, uh... an engineering degree and a father. Like there's no... Yeah, well, like the easy. airplane instructions for the case of a landing, you know, they yeah. show you like how to take the thing out, put it over your head. They also show you physically, but like, yeah, but next show you to what it, they have specific descriptions. So they have the narrative form outlined specifically next to the visual form. They're not just relying on the visual form. Because if you had just the pictures but of that, you'd be like, what? Comics are they have the, they comic. have a little bit they have it's a little crude. bit yeah. and they have some dialogue and they have a little bit of narration yeah. but they don't the have trick, like the the trick with comics is you have to do like the picture of the person going into that position has to be accompanied by words that don't relate so you tell two stories at the same time that's like where comic art is mm -hmm. where it's like I'm not going to describe like this person's putting their head between their knees so that when the plane crashes into the water, they'll break their necks instantly and die <laughs> so that they don't have to burn to death. Um, <laughs> so like, it's, it's like you want to have like a dual narrative going in, in comic book art, you know, but it's true, like comic strips, you know, and like even even to the extent of like how we use emojis now is almost like some version of like a hieroglyph and what's a hieroglyph if not some version of what a comic book became you know like all of this shit is connected you know and uh all you know taken as a whole i think it's an accurate statement to say that movies are better you know they just they work better no, i'm just kidding i don't mean that <laughs> <laughs> easier <laughs> Uh, you have to you have you yeah, can I have mean, zero I, engagement like, and still get the broad strokes i think it's just not it's not as easily <laughs> it's not as easily digestible to the average person who's not used to that right you know yeah yeah well i mean it's even funny like uh tim yeah, burton I mean, like... famously talked about that with uh batman 89 
Tim Burton was like, oh, I can't read comics. You know, he was like, I, I, I like the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to read it. Um, which had no, no long lasting effects on these movies. Like <laughs> his movies are still the uh, most accurate depictions of Batman ever put to film. Uh, anybody who says otherwise is just a Nolan Stan. <clears throat> uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I like I want people to read comics, but I also, when it comes to like comic book movies, I don't want them to like do copies of comics. No, I guess I just want there to be some kind of you know, accumulation of knowledge and information and like a reaction and interpretation of like these characters in like a sincere and genuine way to be like what they put into these multi-million dollar productions instead of just like the lowest common denominator for like everybody. I want, I want there to be one director that says, I tried to make it as good as the comic, you know? There's no amount of fucking reverence for any of the source material from these fucking people. They're all like, well, you know, you have to take something like, you know, Batman and make it, you know, worthwhile and, you know, adults, you know, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, they've been doing it since like the fucking 70s, you know. This character's been around since 1939, like, give him a little bit of credit. And we know it's possible to do it. Like you already mentioned the Lord of the Rings, right? That's a huge cult following that then of people who then were like, yeah, that was, and it's not exact. It's not a direct adaptation. Harry Potter, they changed a lot of shit in the movies, but they did it well because there was that reverence for the original content. Right. You just, you, you gotta keep the heart of the source material and without it you've got nothing and that's like nowhere to be found in sony in a good chunk of early good good chunk of marvel shit like Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah comics man they'll break your heart i think that's also part of the reason that i am far (laughs) less critical of the marvel marvel movies than you guys are because i don't have the knowledge or the reverence for the original source material you know like i well, used to read a bunch of the comics when i was younger but yeah it's always troubling decades and i don't remember any of it it's always troubling to me when i watch marvel movies and i just feel like um it's become it's become like a like a game of how to make a buck you know and that's where <clears throat> robert downey jr is iron man everybody's like he was born to play iron man and it's like his iron man isn't even like iron man like it doesn't it it doesn't even feel like the same guy from the (laughs) comics because the guy from the comics is like super straight laced and like you know kind of like conservative and like a little bit like he's not joyful you know he's a fucking alcoholic that almost like drank himself to death and you cast Robert Downey Jr. as a actor who like almost lost his entire career from addiction and then you don't fucking tell that story like you have an actor that actually like has something core that they relate to that character on that level and they did it twice with Robert Downey Jr. they did it 
Iron Man. And then Sherlock Holmes, if you read Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes is like addicted to every fucking thing you can imagine. And it's yeah, like, he's, why? Like a, he's a heroin addict. He's a gigantic heroin addict. And it's like, why are we casting Robert Downey Jr. as these parts if you're not going to like exercise his demons with them? You know what I mean? Like, if that's not something that he's interested in doing, then that's that's a different story. But like, to me, it always feels like a big missed opportunity. You know, like I, I don't, their, their Marvel movies are designed to be straight down the middle appealing to as many people as possible so that they can siphon as much money out of the general public's pockets as possible. And that's what all of the creative decision-making is for in those movies. And that's why so many of them I'm really hard on because I don't, they don't have, <clears throat> they don't have a creative spirit that feels authentic. And the times that they do, I applaud the fuck out of them. So I think for me, I, I always go back to the winter soldier is the Marvel movie that feels like it's like, we're going to be kind of like punk rock. We're going to be like, Hey, you know, your government, they're Nazis. You know what I mean? Like, Holy shit. Like that's in a fucking movie produced by Disney. That's crazy. You know, like that, that type of stuff is uh, that that's what, the comics always kind of feel like to me they're like counterculture you know like my my favorite comics are like counterculture you know stories with these kind of seemingly american icons you know um so i just i just feel like the lack of that in these big budget movies that are concerned about money you know instead of creative decisions i want those weird movies where it's like oh we only spent 50 million on it so if we make 100 million then we've broken even if we make 101 million then we've turned a profit i want those movies to be the thing not we spent 300 million dollars on it which means if we don't make 800 million dollars we're not going to make our money back we need to make sure that everybody wants to see it 12 times you know it has to be as family friendly and as you know uh, dopamine inducing as possible, you know, and it's like we, we're going to avoid conflict at all cost. We're going to avoid stakes, any <laughs> any type of dramatic feelings, you know. I always laugh like people talk about Infinity War and they talk about the ending, and the ending like all of these characters get like dusted, and it's like it's like you notice that they killed all the characters that they just introduced in solo movies last week. They're coming back. There's no dramatic tension at all. If they had fucking snapped their fingers and like Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. had disappeared, it's like their contracts are essentially up. They could come back in a flashback in the next movie and that would be fulfilling the contract, you know? So it feels like, yeah, that 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 actually could be the end of those characters. And that would have felt worse than seeing like the Black Panther disappear. It's like Black Panther just made a billion dollars three months ago. He's not dead. You know, <laughs> there's no, I'm not worried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Not fooling anybody. No. This is, this Easter egg's better than the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the most interesting conversation that I feel like we've had. <sighs> well, given what we were talking about, I mean, 
We should have just talked about this shit. <laughs> they gotta make so better shit. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so I would say I do. I do think it's important that somewhere in the mix. I know we got you know you got a plan for some future stuff, but I think somewhere in the mix we need some more lighthearted. Uh, switch it up. I know it's but movies, movies, movies. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. different. Yeah. What do you have in mind? Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> she's like yeah we gotta watch ghosts and then we can we can watch whatever shows you guys want to watch <laughs> yeah. we'll start with ghosts and then i'll be sick for three weeks 